Welcome to I'm Anxious About, a podcast where two friends commiserate about our respective anxieties on a new topic each week. I'm Christopher Mitchell. And I'm Allison Green. And today we are anxious about public transportation. feel about public transportation, Chris, because if I never got on a subway again, it would be perfectly fine with me. I do not enjoy the subway whatsoever. (laughs) And for context, I lived in New York for nine years in which the subway system deteriorated as rapidly and inversely proportional to the price of the subway actually rising. So I have some mixed feelings. Actually, they're not mixed at all. It's just pure hate towards the subway. Um, When I've been (laughs) in places that have functional transport systems like Taipei, I'm like, oh, okay, I can see how in theory this is this is nice. But A lot of what I say today will be marked by nine years of subway trauma, and in particular, Q-train trauma, um, which I'll get into in a little more detail. But um, there's me blabbing. How about you, Chris? How do you feel about public transport? So I I think it's it's worth mentioning. This will probably be not quite as much as the banana episode, but this will probably (laughs) be you shining a little bit here. I do have mixed feelings about, unlike you, I do have some mixed feelings about the public transportation. Um, I too lived in a city that had tremendous uh, public transit in in Seoul and South Korea. And I was like, wow, this is magnificent. Toronto, the system doesn't run terribly well. And, um, and so I do my best to avoid it by biking and stuff. And I have some anxiety around that, but generally speaking, um, I'm not terribly anxious about public transportation. It's not, uh, I just happen to look kind of like walking and all that kind of stuff more, but. But here's the question. Where do you put your eyes on public transportation? <laughs> Cause that's like the biggest thing for me well, is like, well, obviously you should keep your eyes in your head for hygiene purposes, but like, where do you look? <laughs> <laughs> So I kind of, I kind of go with like the stoic composed, Uh like downward monk sort of look where I have a podcast on, usually I'm trying to do something, double task and all that kind of stuff. Do you bring a physical book on the subway? Are you one of those people? Um, depends on how long the, the subway ride is, but I, I have uh, before. I have been that person. Now the the phone does it. Before we um, go too deep into it, though, we should probably probably. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm just like chomping at the bit here. Like I really the subway doors are closed, <laughs> and I'm like pushing my way to the front. I'm that asshole right now. <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, she's really going to the front here. Um, <laughs> and then I had, I had to lift my eyes up and stare directly at you to let you know that I was like, I was like, who oh is God, this person? No. <laughs> oh, great. I'm really happy that the subway metaphors have already started, but let us back up a little bit and let me ask you, uh, friend, how are you today on a scale of one to fully packed subway car? How, how anxious are you feeling? Anxious? Not really. I'd say like on the anxiety scale, I'm like a two. But just like general life wise, like, I feel less, I feel more shitty than I feel anxious. Like I just have a headache today. Um, I got a lot done, which is probably why I have a headache because I haven't like actually been able to like, sustain attention towards a screen for more than like one hour at a time. And like actually use my brain for more than one hour at a time. So that's like a unusual feeling for me. Um, so I'm mixed because I got a lot done today, which is good. But I've been kind of in a brain fog for like a week because I've had sort of like a chronic pain flare up that's completely inexplicable and annoying and um, cumbersome. So... Physically, I'm not the best, but anxiety-wise, I'm doing okay. So that's a very meandering answer. (laughs) 
I got off the rails a little bit, hopefully unlike subway cars when you ride them. And <laughs> but yeah, so anxiety wise too, but like on a scale of like one to how much does my life suck right now, it's like a four or a five, I'd say. Okay. So there's an alternate scale for you because I don't feel like a two accurately represents me, even though I'm not particularly anxious. Okay. There are levels, Chris. There are levels to the dysfunction. <laughs> Always. <laughs> <laughs> how about you? On a scale of one to a fully packed subway car, yeah. how are you doing today? So um, I'm not. I'm pretty good today, actually. I mean, last week was I don't know reasonably apocalyptic, and and this week I have some like some I don't know jubilations back in my life. Some a little bit of pep in my step. I don't know why. I think, you know, pr- probably just because I was like, you kind of get to the, like, we've talked about this before in the podcast, but like you get to the bottom of the valley and like, it's only up, you know, um, or you, ho- you hope. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, this week's, this week's been good. Um, I, I, I launched a few things I've been working on for a long time, namely my portfolio website so that I can more broadly represent all the things I'm doing, which I guess now I can say Christopher J.D. Mitchell dot com go there if you want to go on like i can't go there because it'd be really like a self-indulgent adventure to my own life but like you can go there (laughs) i did actually um i'm not sure if that was the allison you or like a general General you to the listener um okay but i did and it looks really lovely so congrats on getting that set up well thank you very much now that i've gotten a quick injection of praise i will move (laughs) forward and i guess will you move back on the needle a little bit of your anxiety now that you've gotten a quick hit of praise (laughs) and validation it's possible but i you know i was gonna go with like a one or a two today just i'm feeling like i've got i had a busy morning and had you know, did a whole bunch of things and and, and kind of was like balancing a number of things, but I wasn't anxious today. It was probably a little bit more ADHD. I don't know if I, you can say such a thing, but um, I, I'm not, I'm not terribly anxious right now. I'm feeling all right. And so I'll go, I'll go with a, with a two. I don't have a separate chronic pain scale to, <laughs> <laughs> to touch upon, but uh, generally speaking, feeling pretty good. So, so that's good. I mean, we, I think, this week, our combined numbers, a two and a, let's say a two and a two, would be less than, I think, probably either one of our numbers last week. Or maybe last week, yeah. I was I was higher and you were lower. But either way. We're doing good. This is our lowest average, which means this is the best place we've ever been in when we were recording, which yeah. is scary because I don't even feel that great, to be honest. <laughs> but... But, but I'm not anxious and um, it's all good. So, but, but the good, but, and the thing is, I think we're like, we were joking before we started recording that. So we, we changed our recording day today. Normally we record every Thursday. Today we're recording Wednesday and half an hour earlier. So uh, oftentimes um, those changes to schedules can be a little bit like jarring for, yeah. for, for anxiety. So let, let us see how that uh, manifests itself. And also neither of us, did uh, a ton of preparation for this. Read literally any in my case. <laughs> so we'll see how, like, I guess the, the real interesting thing is that when I, a lot of times when listeners or uh, I guess people reach out to me and talk about the podcast, they're like, I think it was actually Chris Rudder who reached out to me last week and was like, did you guys even talk about festivals? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> and I, was, and I, I burst out laughing and I was like, yeah, we did. You just got to read between the lines, buddy. Um, but, but anyways, it, let's see how if last week when we were both were scheduled or uh, sorry, planned with like pen and paper and all that good stuff. If we went off that off the rails, we shall see how this week goes. But who knows? Maybe it'll be this yeah. like strange thing where because we didn't necessarily heavily prepare for this yeah, I don't know. I was raring to go. I was a train out of the station. Yes, just like, you were. Just zooming. Yeah, I could like just bullet speed, Shin Kassen style. I could hear the <laughs> nice. Um, I could, I could hear like yeah. I'm just sorry. I just have this great visual image of you in the front of a subway car as a conductor, like beep beep, just raring to get out of the station, changing tracks, just zipping around New York. I don't know why I have this visual image in my head, but I hope others do now. Sort of like a. 
a perverse like Thomas the en- train <laughs> engine thing, just like but with my head on it, like a heavily cartoonified Allison head on an MTA train. Is this the visual that you've conjured? Because it's what I've conjured <laughs> it's, now. It's absolutely not what I conjured, but I'm thrilled. Okay. I'm thrilled with what you what you conjured up there. That's a uh, I think that's that's great, and I guess people, since this is only voice, they may not be able to picture that. So I guess we can say people can go to imanxiousvote.com if they want to see a quick picture, so they can do their own uh, bizarro conjuring <laughs> of your Thomas the Tank yeah. Engine. It's like one of those like those face smelled apps. What do they call them? Face melt. Swap, face swap. Face swap. Face swap. I don't know why I was obsessed with faces melting. That's our, but, um, that's our new. That's our new company, by the way. That's uh, the intro. Face melt. Yeah, we're, Chris. Chris, can you quickly buy the domain for facemelt.com? I, I will actually, and um, <laughs> and I, I as if that wouldn't already be. I was going to say that would be like a four thousand dollar domain if it's not taken. But yeah, we got to be careful not to get nerdy with uh, or slip into the blogosphere and be like, oh, actually, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear so friend oh. where do you want to um i, I realized also too it's two times i've been like okay friend i feel very like camp counselory but uh that's all okay. right i do think of you as a little bit like you you kind of have like a sweater thing that goes on kind of like a mr rogers sweater Thank thing you. sometimes when i see you in the fall right. so like i do it, it suits it suits i appreciate that um that's a huge compliment by the way I, I, it is yeah what i'm striving for it's it's only like a 10 percent dig and it's a 90 percent compliment which is <laughs> as far as a like honesty to compliment ratio as you're gonna get from me i, I agree so that's I, pretty nice I agree. usually i'm dealing with like 60 40 50 50 yeah it's rare that i give a 100 it's impossible for me to give a hundred percent compliment <laughs> it's usually like a 50 50 mix but that was like 90 10 so that's, you're welcome that's huge <laughs> so uh where do you want to begin uh what track shall we start on uh the q track okay so um i want to talk about a specific grudge that i hold with public transportation which is okay so like one thing i really hate about public transportation is like buskers and people who are trying to do performances on the train to get money. They have those in New York? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Believe it or not, only in New York, right? Um, But so on the Q train, that takes form as showtime. So like the seven train is more like a mariachi situation, but the Q train is almost always showtime. And showtime is sort of like um, hip hop break dancing using like the the train, like, I don't know, like uh, poles and the handrails and stuff to do acrobatic dancing, but it's like always accompanied by like the shittiest, loudest boombox with the bass totally blown out, like gone to like past 11 all the way to like 12. And they're like kids like dancing right in front of you. And the thing is when you're taking public transport in New York, you're never in a good mood because you either usually just got off of work or are going to work. And so like I'd be heading home from work and I would have been in a class full of like screaming autistic children half of the day. And then I go home and I have, I'm trying to get like some peace and quiet, listening to my music, like unwinding on the way home. And then suddenly it's just like, People come into the train car going, it's showtime. And then literally the shitty music starts, just that awful tinny blown out speaker sound and people just dancing in your face and then um, coming around asking for money. And you're like, but why would I, why would I give you money for, for ruining my commute? Like you just make me so unhappy. (laughs) And like, I'm trying to be sympathetic to the fact that like, you know, people are trying to hustle and like make ends meet and probably have a lack of opportunity elsewhere. And this is one thing that they can do to like make an honest dollar. But I'm just like, just keep it on the don't put it on the moving subway car where I can't escape you. And they always do it when you're heading over the Brooklyn Bridge or is it the Manhattan Bridge? I truly cannot remember right now. I'm such a bad former New Yorker, but you're heading over the bridge. It's the, it's the Manhattan Bridge. The Brooklyn Bridge does not have trains on it. I should know that. Um, but you're heading over the Manhattan Bridge, and it's like a five-minute 
pass over the bridge. It's so slow. And so you're trapped for like those five minutes. And I would try every single car up and down. I'm like, okay, maybe they won't hit the first car. They will. Like I'd move all over the train. I'd pick a new car like every single day to sit in. And without fail, every single time crossing the bridge, there would be showtime. And it just like haunted me. It just followed me everywhere. And then I just feel like now all I see are like buskers and performers in my subway cars. And it's just like, I get headaches a lot and I'm overwhelmed really easily. So like, that's the last thing I want is like a bunch of music in my face. And then someone asking me for something, it's just like a recipe for misery and anxiety because I, I want to tell them to stop, but I'm not actually going to do that. I'm just going to sit and like fester in my own unhappiness and then like begrudge people for asking me for money. And then, and then seven years later, you tell the full tale on a podcast about anxiety. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Huh. I hope they're all listening. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Those there's like, there's several people right now are part of Showtime who are like, I can't believe it. Yeah. I can't believe that. I word. can't believe she said that about me. <laughs> I tried to just give an honest performance. <laughs> Um, but it's the kind of thing that like, I don't know a single New Yorker who actually enjoys it. They only do it for tourists. And the tourists are always like, Oh, wow, we don't have anything like this in Iowa. And I'm like, don't, don't do it. It's like feeding the pigeons. Just don't do it. Like, don't do it. <laughs> if you don't do it, they won't be here. And, you know, like New York has a really rich and vibrant busking culture. And I think that's like something that's really wonderful about the city. And like, I really like when I'm walking around the city to stop and watch performances from time to time. They're really talented people. It's just like, I don't like it happening in the confined car because I already have like some uh, anxiety about being in a confined space. Yeah. So, yeah. I, oh, and I also get anxious that the train is going to stop underground and get me stuck because that's happens like three or four times. See, that's something that happens with a uh, alarming regularity in Toronto. It's <laughs> just not a a terribly efficient system. I, I guess what you can say is like there's really just like two lines in Toronto, and that means that you're like constantly. In this, you're constantly vulnerable to the things that are going on. You don't really have a lot of ability to audible if things don't go right. It's just like, if something happens 10 stations away from you, it, it, you know, just like, well, since there's only two lines, like you just got to wait. And I think for me, if, if I did have anxiety around, like, I don't have any specific anxiety around public transportation because I, I don't really mind crowds or being around people and things like that. However, what I've kind of realized through recording this podcast, especially, is that a lot of my anxiety is a result of feeling like I don't have control over a situation. And so it can be frustrating for me when in my head, I'm like, it takes 34 minutes to get from my house with the walk and then I go down to the station or whatever, and then it pauses and I'm usually cutting it close for time as it is. So there's this like stress of getting there. And, and this is that like emotion that I can't really, I wouldn't say get rid of, but like, that's just a part of who I am as far as like, I'll, I'll look for situations that I can control a little better because it makes me less anxious. Like that's why I bike all over the city. Like my, my general yeah. rule is if it's, if it's less than an hour bike ride, I will bike. Cause yeah, because when I look on Google maps and it says it's like a 42 minute bike ride, that means it's really a 35 minute bike ride. If I'm quick or like 32 minutes and the like hassle of like going underground, getting on the subway, paying for it, like hoping that things go right to get to the station and, and all that kind of stuff. It's just, I'd rather just deal with the certainty of cycling, but mm -hmm. that's kind of like, that's my general feel towards. Plus I love cycling and exercise. Oh we've, yeah. We've talked about Chris, Chris, the hamster, like needing to get in the wheel <laughs> a certain amount. So like, that's my wheel. Yeah. I actually started biking simply because I couldn't take the anxiety of the subway anymore, like the constant delays and breakdowns and lateness and just like the general frustration of like always paying more for something worse, which is one of the things that I hate more than anything. 
Uh, I think everyone does. Like, no one is like, oh, I really love it when I pay more for something that's shittier. You know, like, that's not a, a hot take. But um, <laughs> it was just getting to the point where I couldn't tolerate it anymore. So I started riding a bike, even though I didn't really know so much how to ride a bike when I started biking in New York City. I just was like, screw it. Like, how hard can it be? Let me just, like, relearn um, because when I was a kid, I was really bad at biking because I would always like look at the obstacle that I was trying to avoid and then bike straight into it. I didn't really understand how like, you know, your eyes kind of affected your steering. Um, I learned that later in life. I mastered that. I learned, okay, don't look at the car that you don't want to hit. Just look ahead. Um, but yeah, I started biking in New York, uh, everywhere because it was just much faster as well. Cause like, the layout of the subway in New York, if you're going from Brooklyn to Queens, which is what my commute was for work, um, you go like all the way into the city and then all the way back out again. Like you go into Manhattan, even though from Brooklyn to Queens is a straight shot um, on the same island. And so it just makes a lot more sense. And I found it to really be a great stress reliever. It was like a place I could do like awesome thinking. I was always kind of euphoric when I was riding my bike because I felt like I was cheating the system. Mm -hmm. I felt like the subway was like a shackle that every single New Yorker had to deal with. And I felt like I found this like miracle key that no one else knew about. And the only payment is the slight chance of risking your life. <laughs> but uh, other than that, it's a freaking phenomenal trade-off when I did take the subway I would always have sort of like a set of like expectations for it that were kind of unreasonable it would usually be because of like uh the weather was too shitty it was too cold or too rainy or too snowy um something like that and so I'd be like I'm gonna treat myself to the subway today instead of like biking through freezing rain and Almost invariably, I would regret that decision for some reason or another because I'd become super anxious because either a delay or just like people just having kind of bad behavior on the subway, not really knowing proper social norms, um, that sort of thing. And so I would just get really frustrated whenever I take the subway. And then I was just like, you know what? I don't even care if it's five degrees out and like that's five American degrees. That's very cold. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I actually can say American and it's actually correct basically because no one else uses fair. <laughs> that's special. Um, but anyway, uh, I would just like have the set of expectations that would never be met. And I would always feel disappointed and anxious and angry at myself for spending that money on the subway as if it was like a luxury um, when I'm like, oh, I could have just rode my bike, even though it's like it was actually probably too dangerous to ride your bike. You probably made a good call. Yeah. So this this is something that I well, firstly, we need to get a cycling like a bike sponsor on this show ASAP. We do. Because we're both just like, you know, <laughs> like we, we can start to set up elaborate ploys for episodes where we pretend to talk about things like public transit and then be like you know and that's why i choose biking like <laughs> and, and and just roll with that but but i i yeah exactly for me just biking checks all the boxes and i find i have full control over it i mean the slight risk of fatality um is present in in a, in a city <laughs> in a busy city but it's not so bad overall. And, and again, like I, I have that control over it. I'm checking off exercise and all that kind of stuff. There's, there's pros and cons to both. I guess one thing I would just say is that I really don't, I don't necessarily love being on a city bus going from A to B. It doesn't, doesn't bother me really, but I do kind of enjoy going on long bus trips from city to city and place to place and looking out the window and just having separation and I don't know, listening to music and reading and stuff like that. So I guess the, the, on those trips, it feels like there's a bit more certainty. Like I'm going from Toronto to Ottawa. It's going to take a bunch of hours or I'm on the train or whatever. Like that doesn't really bother me. I don't think it's an anxiety thing necessarily, but I just would prefer not to be on a public transit during rush hour. And and I think the main reason is something we've talked about any number of times on the podcast is like, I think people who suffer from anxiety tend to be really quite hypersensitive and perceptive to the emotion of a room or the emotion 
just emotion in general. Mm -hmm. And so it can be difficult to hop on a train that's jam packed at like 524 PM. And like, you can feel everybody like kind of exhaling, like the day is done, but they're kind of like exhausted and fatigued. And some people look really stressed because they've just finished work, but they still have to go home and maybe they work a second job and maybe they have like extra parental duties that they're not considering. Like I find that I oftentimes I can like not only feel the heat of other people, like, you know, kind of squashed in there, but I can also feel some of like some of the emotion that they're emanating. I can be pretty turbulent as far as the, like the, the vibe of a moment, like put me on a beach and play some like upbeat electronic music. And like, I will be like shirtless and fist bumping and no, in no time, but like, I don't know, put me in a, I'm trying to think of what the opposite of that is. Put put me on like a, I don't know, a bench in the rain and with some a sad violin with a sad violinist beside me, and like I will fully just. It's kind of like the opposite of adaptable. Like I'm like kind of like susceptible to, yeah. to, to whatever's going on to the vibes. Yeah, and, and I think that's, I hundred percent get that. And going back to like meeting new people episode, or uh, yeah, maybe meeting new people episode. I was talking about parties and stuff. I think that's why I inherently go from like conversation to conversation trying to like pump things up because i'm like just trying to like inflate the the energy of the party so that i can like get that payback like i like i'll often take charge of the music and be like we're going with this vibe <laughs> so i would never i would never um that would fill me with so much trepidation i'd be like oh my god are they gonna hate it but anyway um yeah i i totally get that i definitely feel super susceptible to everyone's moods and feelings and like I'm really easily influenced by god I said excuse my California again but by <laughs> the energy of people and like I don't know people do give off energy for real and like I'm super able to feel it and feel either like buoyed up by it like you or weighted down by it as well most likely weighted down if I'm on a subway because who boards the car like yeah if they're not like playing music <laughs> and like dancing in your face no one is happy to be on public transport except for like you know a couple couple weirdos out there I don't know who you are uh, <laughs> but yeah, but I also feel you what you were saying before, just to circle back a little bit. I'm like really fine on like intercity trains and more like regional transport. Um, usually, usually just because it's not part of your routine, it's out of the norm, and um, you see like more interesting landscapes. I'm thinking here, like more specifically, like city transport when I'm thinking of public transportation, but yeah, like put me on, um, you know, your average bus. And even though buses here in the Balkans aren't necessarily a straightforward affair, I've like, I've learned to sort of roll with the punches and squat toilets and just be fine with whatever comes my way. I don't mind it. It's mostly like a leftover, like city trauma dislike. I just try to avoid taking public transportation as much as possible and one thing that's great about living in Sofia is that um, cabs are really affordable. And I don't really, you know, move around the city that much, especially right now um, with the coronavirus situation happening and cases never, on the I've rise I've never heard here. of it. What, what's that? I hadn't heard about the situation. Oh, <laughs> um, so it's a disease that affects literally every single organ in your body. Mm. And has paralyzed the entire global economy. I'm surprised you haven't heard of it, Chris. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, now that we've dug deeper into it, I'm starting <laughs> to feel bad. And uh, I want to pull back you... and, uh, <laughs> and mention my love and admiration for all the frontline workers and everything. And let everyone know I'm a good person and I wasn't making a bad joke. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah. No, for real. Thank you to all the frontline workers who are out there doing the things that need to be done to keep us living in a society that works while people like me and Chris sit on our asses and talk about ourselves, um, mm -hmm. doing but nothing for the good of the planet. I was so gonna, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would argue we're 
we're playing a very, 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 very small part in helping out. Like I've had a lot of people reach out from this podcast to be like, actually, I was feeling pretty lost and it feels great to hear you guys feel lost. <laughs> and, and Oh, that's really nice. So, I, so nice. I've actually gotten a lot of feedback like that. So I do want to say, I think, I think we're doing a small, 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 small part, but, you know, compared to all the people who are whiskey alive and out there, I, I do think you and I are, we, we're pretty adept at slipping into satire and joking around, but at the end of the day, we both have beating hearts that feel love. And so we have to pull back sometimes and be like, just kidding. We yeah. really <laughs> appreciate that. I did. Yeah. So speaking of that, this is a good um, segue into uh, what I didn't even have written down, which was that <laughs> I, I noted when you mentioned like you were like, excuse my California, but energy before it's, yeah. um, I don't think that's actually an excuse my California sort of moment. I, I think probably most people listening to this podcast, uh, particularly, I, I, my assumption is that many different kinds of people listen to this podcast with and without anxiety, with and without all kinds of things. And you know, all of us have a unique set of things that we're contending with. Um, but I think a lot of people, particularly people who have some mental health concerns, would totally understand that notion of energy. I think people specifically with anxiety can can feel that and i always think about like when i want to make a literal sort of something tangential when i think about energy so it's not really like as woo woo sort of like i don't <laughs> know in a room of salt crystals and all this kind of stuff i always think about like the the energy of somebody as when someone's name is mentioned like that initial pang of emotion that you feel when you hear their name yeah it's like that's kind of their energy right and so like part like Literally, it's something I think about and, and, and like, I'm really hope that when someone's like, oh, you know, we should call Chris or I wonder what Chris is doing or whatever. Like, I, I hope that like that initial pang is something really positive and like, and I, I know there'll be an emotive response either way. I hope For they're not. For me, it's like a, a stabbing sensation in the abdomen. It's quite unpleasant. <laughs> when, you, when, you say, you know, when you're talking to... It's like to, getting shivved on a subway. Yeah, just, like, to, just to bring it full circle. No. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a, a Voldemort situation. Who he who shall not be named. People <laughs> come come around and whisper Chris at you, and you're just getting yeah. pangs of horrible emotion. <laughs> yes, yes. Or like thinking of you. It's like when a dementor tries to give you their kiss, and you just all the happiness and joy just gets sucked out of the room. <laughs> Yeah, that's no, kind you're of... like the opposite of a dementor. Like, <laughs> thank you. That's I, the kindest like, thing anyone's no, ever said real, to me. Like, it's almost kind of frustrating because there were times when Chris and I were in Romania, and he would just like come over, being like his like positive, chipper, bushy-tailed squirrel self, and then <laughs> I'd be like, "Read the room, buddy. Like, I feel like shit. Get out of here with your happy attitude." <laughs> stop dementoring happiness all over the place it's unsightly <laughs> great no but for real you're actually you're you're very good at um consoling as well as just like trying you're not like one of those like annoying like good vibes only people who just try to like wallpaper over any negative emotion with like this is fine this is fine like you're you're a real you're realistic as well as being optimistic which is helpful Thank because you. if you were just a bushy-tailed optimist, I don't know what I'd even talk to you about. We just like would <laughs> yeah, function on like separate planes. It's just like different dimensions. Do you ever feel like you exist in like a different dimension as other people? Because there are some people who I see going about the planet and I don't even know how we live on the same world because we respond so differently to the world. Yeah, all, all, all the time I feel that way because, because <laughs> I was thinking I was like really out there, and then you're just like, yeah, that's, that's like, very normal. Like all the time. I mean, like, so if you go on social media, you're gonna find one thing each day where you're like, well, uh, we are just not wired the same. We were, we were not no. made in the same factory. And no, and actually, I think like, for for the most part, that's a good thing because I I've talked before as well about like. I think hell for me would be if everybody had the same feelings and emotions towards everything. Like, and, and I really don't mind disagreeing with people as long as it's like, I don't know, in the realm of reasonable and civil, which like we're kind of getting out of in some regards uh, in a lot of ways. <laughs> but all that to say, like, I really don't don't mind feeling like I'm in different dimensions to different people because I feel like if we're all in the same dimension, it would be like a horribly boring existence. But there are limits to that yeah. as well. 
you know? Yes. <laughs> there are some people you're like, can I just delete your dimension? Just like <laughs> yeah. control, alt, delete that whole, that whole layer of just reality. Kind of like slip up behind them, tap on the shoulder. I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. I couldn't help overhear what you were saying. And I was just wondering, um, can I delete your dimension? <laughs> I'm just going to unplug you from the matrix. You, well, you, you shouldn't be here. And this is, you should have taken the other pill. What's the one, <laughs> the blue pill. You should have taken the blue pill. Yeah. And this is where someone you're, you're going to get approached on the subway and they're going to be like, ma'am, can we speak to you for a second? Um, we've been told that you're going around the subway trying to get people to quote unquote, delete themselves from their dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's not what I'm actually advocating. We should be quite clear there. I just have a hard time dealing with some people. And um, yeah, I actually, hell being a place where everyone was just like me, I don't know if I'd find that. I like myself because I'm predictable and I would know how to act around me. I know that that would be very boring, but at least I wouldn't be thrown off guard. You know, at least I'd be like, oh, okay. So this person is going to be extremely unreasonable between these hours. And then you can talk sense to her between these ones. Okay, perfect. It's like, it's it's amazing. We like all the same games and movies. Wow. We have so much to talk about. (laughs) We have so much in common. That would actually be incredibly boring, but at least it wouldn't fill me with like, dread of not knowing how to relate to the human being in front of me because it would just be me indeed so now that we've gone to interdimensional um <laughs> the, like theoretical projections of interdimensional travel um let's pull back a little bit to public transit okay. and, right. and if we uh, must if we must i tried to pull it back a little bit there at the end but who knows i, um, I just kept going I, I, I like it. I, I think it's kind of fun to be like, quote unquote, off script um, and entering other dimensions with the way we're approaching things. That's kind of fun. So but but I guess to to at least um, throw a bone to the to a listener, I'm picturing Chris Rudder here being like these people. Um, but yeah, I, I'm picturing that as well. I yeah. was just like just seeing him shaking his head sadly like they just they just can't hold it together for one episode just no. once and we never just will once can they stay on topic it's literally never gonna happen no no we, we never will and i'm actually really proud of that and actually you know what when people are giving us feedback i guess this would be a good time to say like throw us a rating and a review if you have time um because we'd love you forever for it but um the feedback i get generally is like these tangents are are kind of what makes it and and we have fun with it and we laugh and it's it's good times and quite honestly this kind of perhaps sounds self-inflating and probably borderline narcissistic. But sometimes when I'm listening to our episodes, honestly, because I want to make sure that like I've edited it well enough and like there was, I didn't miss anything. Yeah. I often find it puts me in a better mood. So like, I just hope that translates. Um, and, and, and maybe this could be like, this could be hyper meta and someone could be listening to this on public transit and it makes them feel better, you know? Yeah. Too oh, helpful. that would be too nice. bushy, too bushy no. tail. The squirrel. No, crest. it's the right. I just want to say this is the right amount of bush, and that is not a sentence <laughs> no, anyone should say on so. recording. <laughs> we may not want to keep that in, <laughs> but maybe we should because say, people think... should know how my horrible mind works. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely keeping that in, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Um. Speaking of bushes. Um, yeah, you want to go with that? No, no, I don't. I don't have a segue here. Um, I was gonna like do something about like someone jumping out of the bushes and then being like, okay, but that that didn't work. Um, why don't why don't I just ask you a simple yeah, question? Why don't you why don't you conduct this train for a bit? <laughs> do, do. So I I will conduct it and uh, I will say I appreciate the job security and the benefits during retirement. Um, so I I I'm just I just the simple question really is you talked at the beginning about being anxious about people you know coming onto the train and sort of barraging you so to speak and I think again that speaks to the lack of control over the situation. But are there other aspects of the train like perhaps like the sheer volume of people or or just are there any other aspects of of public transit that you think i don't i like i really don't want to take public transit because x yeah so definitely like the volume of people and being surrounded by a lot of people gives me anxiety i don't have like you know really bad claustrophobia 
but I do need my physical like buffer zone. And if that has been breached, all hell breaks loose and I start to feel like I'm going to have a meltdown. I really don't do well in super tight, crowded places. It really just, I start to think that I'm going to panic and that in and of itself can sometimes be the thing that is enough to make me panic. It's like one of those self-fulfilling prophecy things. Um, So it's like the sheer volume of people and just sort of like the the feeling like you're just surrounded and you can't do anything. You're just stuck. You're like a sardine in a giant, you know, uh, swarm of them. No, like a swarm of sardines that just like moves like it's almost one giant fish. But like a cloud of sardines, perhaps. Yeah, like a cloud of sardines. Yeah. (laughs) I wanted to expand the metaphor beyond the typical can. Um, but like, you know, like how, like when you see like a giant school of sardines, just like moving this way and that, and they just like, they go with a, like a big rush, they all go together. And mm. it's like, you just feel like you have to go there, like with them. I don't like that. Right. Um, it, it, I think the, I, I didn't mean to totally cut you off there, but there, there's clearly as a, as a listener, there's clearly some overlap with crowds that you talk about at festivals and things like that. And yeah. there's overlap for for me in the like wanting to revolt against the feeling like a sheep um, thing. So there's, it's interesting to see that there's definitely a little bit of overlap there that we accidentally discovered. So congrats to us. Yeah. Because it's, it's not just so much as like, I'm stuck in a small place. It's like, I'm stuck in a small place doing the same thing as you. And I don't like you stranger who I have no reason to dislike. (laughs) Like It's just like a general feeling of like, ill will towards people that makes me anxious because generally I'm not like a person who is just like a horrible curmudgeon but for some reason put me on public transport and I guarantee you I hate every single person on that car it doesn't matter what they've done they could be like a Nobel Prize winner and I'd still be like but but your shoes are really dirty you horrible monster (laughs) beast why are you on this car with your dirty subway shoes you know like I don't know I'd find something to freaking hate them for because i'm like all i want is like an empty subway car that doesn't smell is that so hard yes it is it is <laughs> very hard extremely difficult no one's mastered it yet um and of course there there's the like inherent irony of running empty subway cars getting nobody anywhere <laughs> yes but, okay i i acknowledge that yeah. i just um i wish that the public part of public transportation wasn't so public Fair enough. I like, I kind of like that line. I, I would say that I, I like, we're really different on this, that I actually, this could be new levels of lame, but like, especially now, like I've tried to, with a social distance, make eye contact with people and just like, Ugh, give, Chris, give, I know, like, no, give, no. Give them a, I know, give them like a nod. So like, I'll give you an example. A couple of days ago, I was walking, I had this track that I walk around in a park near my house and it's, it's good. I, I'll usually go for an hour walk and listen to podcasts. And you just, I've started to notice some other people who go to the park a fair bit. And one, one guy was like the other day, I hadn't really noticed him before, but he was sitting and kind of like he had a backpack and he looked like he like really needed to get outside and like, was really enjoying being outside and smiling. And I just like made a point of locking eyes with them as I went past and like giving him like a polite nod and he nodded back and it felt great. And I feel like that's um, some of the way. I mean, I don't go around subway cars trying to make eye contact with people and nod <laughs> yeah, at them. Please. But there okay. are, but there are moments where, like, I I get like a real joy of like giving my seat up for people or like picking up something someone else has dropped or like being helpful in that way. And and I don't know like where that stems from necessarily, but it's like I don't know. I I, I actually find like that for me. Like one way for me to combat anxiety is to feel like I'm doing something useful or like good for the common good. And mm-hmm. and so I actually really miss connecting with people. And so now I'm like, I guess this this guy who walks around trying to make eye contact with people. But it's it's um <laughs> it's I think it's I think it, it is perhaps lame. I mean, maybe we can like throw a poll up in the Facebook group and be like, is that lame or not? <laughs> Um, but are you terrified of Chris? Yes or no? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I think that poll might, if 
the people haven't listened to this episode, they're going to be like, I don't understand why you're asking me if I'm terrified of Chris. We need to have the appropriate context there. But I'll let you, I will stop talking and let you respond to perhaps what I can only assume you have slotted into the category of misguided optimism. A little bit. Here's the thing. I actually, I don't begrudge you that outside because like, I feel like outside it's very, it's a very neutral space, but like, I feel, you know how like a dog gets like a little bit territorial of like their, their food bowl. Sure. Like that's how I feel on the subway is like territorial of my personal space. And if anyone, even with their eyes tries to invade it, I feel like a little yipping Pomeranian. Like I'm not (laughs) happy, but like, I don't know. I'm also a California girl. So like, I'm used to like the, like we nod and do like a really tight, like eh, smile like at people you know what i mean i can picture it with that sound by the way that was great i know right it's exactly what it sounds like um except it doesn't sound like anything because it's just a smile but um (laughs) but like so like you know there's sort of like this this sort of false optimism false civility i guess that like californians like put on like all the time i do that routine but it's not you know true to the heart i don't know yeah exactly like i don't know i just feel like it's something that you know, you just kind of do to just like not to be do. a dick, but like you don't actually feel the smile, you know, at least I don't. So I don't mind that in an outdoor setting, but like, I just feel like in a subway car, there's like a social contract to just ignore each other unless mm. someone is literally dying in front of you and then you help them and like all band together. You know what I mean? But like, um, it's just like everyone should be like their own island. That's how yeah. I feel. And you know what? That's not like I, I do agree with you in that way. Like I'm, I like when I mentioned before that I'm like I appreciate connecting with people. Like I'm not, I don't get up and walk around and try and connect with people. I assure you. But it's a little bit different in, for example, in Seoul because it's it, when I lived in Seoul, South Korea. Like it was the primary way everyone got around, and the whole like. Um, there was just a different social structure as far as like what you do on the subway. Like the subway was a place for you to like collect yourself and it was very quiet. Like you could hear a pin drop. And so mm-hmm. it, even if I was going on the train with a few friends, I mean, for one, I'm getting looked at because it's, it's, it's not a, it's a pretty homogenous country. And so you're like already standing out a little bit. And I just made a point of not being allowed to be disrespectful in Toronto. It's a much louder situation, but more and yeah. more I'm realizing it's kind of, you know, quiet, or so you, you want to make sure you're respecting the space. And, and the other thing I do want to mention is, you know, there's probably more people who are listening to this right now who can identify with how you feel in the subway, which is like, it's a bit overwhelming. It's a bit claustrophobic. It's a bit loud. And uh, you just kind of want to get on, put your head down, you know, listen to whatever and be done with it. And I, I do have a little bit of that, to be honest, because I, I always listen to a podcast when mm-hmm. I'm on the subway car and and part of that is because i am obsessed with making use of the time that i have and like constantly growing and listening to things which can do you, help do you have a thing about that chris is that something you do oh i've never mentioned that, that before oh i haven't oh okay um so no i'm just kidding <laughs> part of that is that um that side of things which i've mentioned probably only 27 times so far <laughs> But the other side of it, I think actually is unconsciously I'm putting in headphones because I want to create some barrier of interaction. And I feel like having headphones in or having a book or whatever, on the one hand, it's like your entertainment, but but it's also kind of like your sword and your shield. Yes, it is. 100%. So that's my, that's my take. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm the same way. That's why I need like my headphones with me. In almost every situation where I go outside for longer than like five minutes, it's like a necessity just to feel like I have sort of control about what what interactions I enter. I just I really don't like surprise encounters like I'm the kind of person who would never, ever have a meet cute because I would just be like shut you down like oh you picked up my books thanks you fucking asshole like no i mean i wouldn't actually do that but like i'm just so closed off to like people when i'm just like walking out and about because i just feel 
like scared of them, I guess, you know, and I just don't want to deal with a weird social interaction. So I just assume every interaction will be weird. And so I just try to avoid them all um, and only enter into like interactions, which I'm like, oh, I'm actively opting into this party or this event or all these things that we used to do before coronavirus. Um, Like, I don't feel like I like to just have like spontaneous small talk with people and occasionally it'll happen and it'll be more pleasant than I expected you know which is like a big anxiety thing is like you always think things are going to be so much worse than they actually are catastrophizing Um, hey hey yeah yeah so it's like I know I make like a mountain out of a molehill with like oh god what if this person talks to me it's like yeah you'll have a 30 second conversation and then you'll get off in two stops it's actually probably fine (laughs) but like the moment it starts to happen i'm like it's like that slow motion (laughs) moment you know (laughs) i do i do know that (laughs) like when the person next to you on the plane turns to talk to you and you're like oh shit oh shit we've got a talker you got a talker in seat D. <laughs> seat D. There's no number. There, there's a number, but I, I, I was just mean like it's the number is irrelevant because they're you're in, in the your aisle. row. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So you're saying you knew that? I thought you were just saying. <laughs> no, like, I'm not the loudspeaker. I'm, I'm, I'm myself. Like you go up to the flight attendant. And you're like, listen, <laughs> that that person over there in seat D is. Is just terrible. It's just a fucking talker. They're a fucking plane talker. They're probably gonna clap when the plane lands, and they probably are are gonna ask to add me on Facebook. That's the kind of person they are. <laughs> I also love that we were so close to not having to apply an explicit tag on this episode. So close. Actually, it doesn't matter anyways. I just like to kid you yeah. about it. But we're we're already yeah. we're already we've already gone to the explicit side. So I don't actually yeah. care. I just like to ridicule you because it's I mean, it's warranted. I I, I think it, it really adds that oomph to it, but it was hilarious yeah. to me. I it, it literally occurred to me, I was like, wow, minute fifty, like, I don't even think Allison's dropped an F bomb at all. And like that fucking asshole. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like there we go. Um, <laughs> Oh, I love you for uh, it. It was going to happen, but you had to get me out of public transport and into planes in That's order to, to encourage an F-bomb. Yeah. Um, you pictured that son of a yeah. bitch in CD and... Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> mouth-breathing plane talker. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll save planes for, for another episode. For sure. That should be almost like an anniversary. And Do you do anniversary episodes with podcasts? Like what is the... I don't know. Some sort of milestone. Yeah, I mean, not centennial or half centennial, like our 50th episode. Let's do it then. Yeah. So we're, this would be episode number 13. Yeah. 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 I think it's episode 13. And, uh, and so we'll, we'll, maybe we can do it for like episode 25 or something like that. I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to see. I don't even know. I think we're just like, at this point, we're just, we're just committed to producing a podcast a week um for like eternity yeah um forever forever well that's why we like that's why we got to we got to tap into our facebook group we're anxious about and like make sure that people can help guide us with topics and things like that too because it'll be fun to um it'll be fun like when that starts to become really reciprocal um yeah and also you can then keep us from just you know talking about I don't know, whatever we end up like diatribing on, you can keep mm-hmm. us on topic um, by giving us new topics to uh, discuss so that we don't just end up rehashing the same thing and boring the the living hell out of you. Right. Um, and we can totally so, promise that with the new topic you suggest, we won't go on diatribes. That's for sure, right? No, we, we can <laughs> absolutely not promise that, Chris. Why would you even say such a thing? I can't stay on topic, but... We can try. We can try. We can. Try. So, I mean, probably won't go to like other like interdimensional theoretical physics. Yeah, that probably won't happen again. No, actually, I don't know. I can't make any promises. I can't make no promises. I really like talking about it, <laughs> even though I do not understand it at all. I still like talking about it. Um, Me too. 
But yeah, join us over at We Are Anxious About on Facebook if you haven't already. Um, I'm posting memes in there, and I'd like to think I'm a pretty decent meme curator. You're very so. good. I honestly, yeah. like, you're really holding up the fort there. Like, I'm, yeah. I've been very impressed, I gotta say. Yeah, I, I like to select a good meme, it, you know, something that gives me a little giggle, and I like to just add that to the group. So it's getting a little more active as we've been promoting it a bit. So we'd love to have you in there chatting and um, just enjoying our wonderful presence because we're such likable people. (laughs) (laughs) This is is great. I I think we can officially get off the public transit train and shift into the the, what we're patting ourselves in the back for and all that good stuff. I'm... I, I, I'm excited to listen to this episode again. I feel like there was a lot of, like, I feel like we laughed a lot. And in general, I, this probably comes to back to Chris the squirrel. Like, I feel like whenever we're laughing a lot, you know, some of that uh, energy, excuse the California, will, will come through the headphones. I'm rubbing my crystals over here. <laughs> I'm rubbing my hands in front of my microphone to see if I can make it sound. You are. I can hear it. And it's, um, it's very disconcerting. <laughs> I'm excited to listen to that back and see how weird I made it sound. Yeah, it's pretty weird, but not like not too bad. Like it's one of those noises that I think like some people either like and some people will enjoy and some people will be like, Ugh, you know, and get like a little bit yeah. of a, a shaky shiver. Okay, so it might be like the audio equivalent of eye contact. Got it. Right, exactly. (laughs) So now that you've, I mean, that was a pretty stupendous move that that you should pat yourself on the back for, but, uh, and and I shall pat you on the back for it. But what is one thing that's happened recently um, that you thought to yourself, you know what, I'm going to pat myself on the back for this because I deserve it. Yeah, I finally got myself today back on track with work. Um, I've been dealing with a bit of like a a chronic pain flare up. And I guess like I want to first say that like people experience pain on like a really wide spectrum. And the way in which I experience pain is not as severe as a lot of people. So when I say chronic, I'm talking more about the like the fact that this just kind of comes and goes in like waves without any rhyme or reason and isn't actually Mm. connected to anything rather than like intense excruciating pain at all times, which I know some people have. um, That's like what comes to mind with chronic pain. For me, it's kind of like an ebb and flow with no rhyme or reason. So I've been dealing with sort of a wave of like some pain and fatigue and it really made me unproductive the last week. But um I finally kind of got over the hump and started to sort of like lay down a routine. Something that actually really helped me um, was like I started putting extremely achievable basic things on my to-do list, Mm. like shower and like five (laughs) minutes yoga, five minutes meditation. Oh, you're doing meditation. You're meditating. I did. I've done meditation the last two days in a row. Yes. Um, I even did 10 minutes today, Chris. Oh my gosh. I am um, like, it's, I'm really, I wouldn't say blushing. I'm like, I'm not blushing. I'm like, um, if we're talking about energy, like I'm pouring. Yeah, I'm beaming. That's the word I'm looking for. I am beaming right now. If you were in the same room as me, you would catch fire with positivity. So, (laughs) uh, but legit. That's amazing. Like a heathen walking into a church. <laughs> yes. Exactly. But that, that supposes that I'm the pastor, which I'm like kind of uncomfortable with. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been trying to just sort of like put really small achievable things that I normally wouldn't consider wins on my to-do list and then just forcing myself to do them so that even if I don't get to the big tasks, I can still look back at what I did during the day. And I've also been like, retroactively putting things that maybe I didn't plan to accomplish that day, but I did actually accomplish on the to-do list and cross it off. Like the other day, like I, you know, had some things on my to-do list, but then I also like ended up going to the grocery store and paying bills when I was getting some stuff from my office to make working at home more comfortable because I'm not going into the office as much right now. So I ended up kind of accidentally doing some adulting. And so when I got home, I added those to the list and crossed it off. And I don't know, it just gave me like a real feeling of satisfaction to actually be able to sort of visibly see what I had done 
because like a lot of people with anxiety or I'm just going to talk about me and assume other people feel the same is that you always look back at your day and kind of berate yourself for not having done enough. And because you kind of build this idea of yourself and also an idea of like what you can't do. And it's just nice to see what you actually can do and did. And so for me creating like a to-do list, that's like more, honest about what I both did do and what I actually can do in a day has been like a really helpful reframing um, for myself. And it's something that I'm enjoying. So um, yeah, I guess just sort of pulling myself together and sort of like reframing my relationship with this do list and making it less abusive Hmm. um, and more healthy is a good thing. So I'm patting myself on the back for that. Great. Nice. I I like it. I think the idea of small actionable goals is is great. Something definitely something to strive for. It brings me a measurable joy that you're gonna get into meditation because it's I think it's definitely helpful. For me, like I the truth is like if you looked at my like brain and disposition, like generally you'd be like, there's no one less suited for meditation. Like this guy can't stay still. <laughs> and so it's been like a labor of love in the sense I've I have slowly come to really appreciate it. And I, I've just found as well, like now sometimes if I get, uh, I find meditation serves a function of like, if my like engine gets too hot and starts smoking, meditation is like kind of like my quick fix garage where I'm like able to like cool everything yeah. down and then uh, smoothly roll back onto the street and keep going. And and so that's, it's, yeah. it's really valuable for me. But when I start my day that way, it's it's mostly just about and again like this is also something I talk probably a lot about but I I do think it's really valuable but just um, giving yourself an opportunity to objectively examine your thoughts without horrible judgment which is like mm-hmm. both you and I yeah. probably spend almost all of our time <laughs> like dissecting just yeah. dissecting yeah <laughs> dissecting <laughs> your thoughts and passing judgment on everything and probably let's be real it's mostly condemnation and like to it's liberating to to um to meditate in the sense that you get to just let your the thoughts roll by without being like oh that's true and that's not you're just like well it's strange i thought that strange i thought this you know or like oh that's interesting i thought that Mm -hmm. so anyways i'm a fan of that i guess i have to pat myself on the back for something last week i felt really down and uh, there was one particular day where I kind of like you know t- as, if, as if to make matters worse you sort of like spin this narrative of like well I guess like I guess this is my new mo you know like I guess like you know it, to put it in layman's terms like squirrel Chris is gone you know RIP <laughs> and it's like it seems to always be a refreshing reminder that a couple of days later I feel like you know quote unquote like myself again and uh, just just a reminder that everything comes in waves and stages and that like we can't really there is no benefit to condemning yourself for feeling bad like you know it's almost like I, I put extra stress and like you know was kind of like really kind of mentally rude to myself just like look 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 how down you are you know and it's like that's just not helpful at all yeah. and because uh, I expect myself to always be you know, that way, like that positive person and that. And, and uh, a lot of that, as you probably mentioned, like it comes from being out with people and being in public. And like, I I find it so much easier to be that person out there. Um, But I'm happy. Like I, I feel good right now. I feel like I'm back on, on that uh, track. And part of that is also like, I released this portfolio website at uh, ChristopherJDMitchell.com. And that's because at the start of the pandemic, when like, I knew that everything was up in the air I knew I had to attach myself to a larger project that would enforce the idea that I'm enough. And so that's why I built the portfolio site to show like, okay, so one aspect of myself isn't firing all cylinders, i.e. travel writing, but turns out a lot of other aspects are, you know, like speaking webinars and podcasting yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And so I would encourage people to think about like, if you're feeling down or not enough right now, like what's an exercise that you can do to prove to yourself that like you are enough and that we're all struggling and we're all doing our best under the circumstances. So I'm patting myself on the back for 
remembering that things come in waves and having a good week this week. And also for starting a project like this and following through on it and understanding enough about myself to know that the desired result, me feeling like enough actually came from producing this website and, and, and reminding myself like, um, just because I wasn't, you know, I didn't feel like I did enough today. It doesn't mean I haven't come to bat for the last 500 days or a thousand days trying my best, you know, and that I have done a few things Yeah. here and there. Yeah. Nice. That's great. It is a nice exercise, I think, because I think we can sort of get hung up on like one aspect in which we're failing. But I think that it's really rare that we fail like on all cylinders. You know, there's always usually something that you're actually probably kicking ass at, even if the rest of your life is just like a bunch of cinders and you're like, this is fine. (laughs) That dog. But yeah, same. Um, But there's always something that you're probably doing way better than you're giving yourself credit for. And I guess it's useful to figure out what that is and try to, and that's why we do this. It's not because we just love talking about ourselves. Although, you know, I mean, look at the clock. We've been at this for an hour and seven minutes. I mean, probably a little less once you take out a lot of our insane ramblings, but you know, (laughs) yes, believe it or not, the insaner stuff does actually get cut. <laughs> that is actually everything that's in there is stuff we have chosen. Not always, to though. Keep. It depends who's editing. <laughs> I often keep the insane stuff in. We only part. cut off we cut off like two um, percent of it. Like when there's like sometimes you hear one thing and yeah. you're like, I don't think that's fit for public consumption. Yeah, that was word salad. Um and a I was gonna say with a spoiled dressing. <laughs> yeah that is a funky caesar dressing that was left out in the sun and you do not want to eat that those are some spoiled heads. okay i think we i think we got it i think we got the spoiled fruit salad <laughs> metaphor <laughs> all right thank you for tuning in to our extremely unhinged ramblings it was quite a show I'm sure you don't want to sit next to me on public transportation and that's good because I don't want you to either. Also because I may have forgotten to put on deodorant today because quarantine. So you probably don't want there to sit go. next to me anyway. All right. Well, I guess yep. thank you everyone for tuning in on that. bizarre <laughs> note to end on. Since this is not the public transit, you can mentally sit beside us um, on this recording. <laughs> thank you guys so much for tuning in for another week. We'll be back at it next week on a new topic. And we really appreciate your support. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>